Happy Valentine's Day! Oh, food friends, I am so happy you guys are here today to celebrate this day of love. Now, today on the show, we are talking about love in honor of Valentine's Day. And I'm not talking about the kind of love with your significant other or your cat or your dog. (laughs) Girls, we are talking about the love affair that I think every single female can relate to. This lifelong delicious love and attraction we have towards Carbohydrates. (laughs) And you know what I'm talking about, like the really, really good ones. Some of you find this love in sweet potatoes and deliciously homemade whole wheat pasta bowls. Maybe you have a sweet tooth like my oldest son, and he, I swear, he wishes like every single gram of glucose that he needs in his body could be supplied from candy or chocolate. (laughs) Or maybe you're like me and you just like them all, like depending on the mood and the day. I like oatmeal-filled breakfast bars after a good workout. I like soft potato bread hugging my lunch meat for snowboarding sandwiches on the mountain. And then I like really, really rich chocolate mousse cake on days like today, Valentine's Day. (laughs) So we might debate over which kinds of carbs we like, but I think we can all agree that we want them. And I'm excited to dive into today's episode because we are going to talk about why this love affair with carbs is actually biological and how we can learn to trust our body's ability to not only handle carbohydrates, but thrive on them. I believe they're essential for your mental health and I know they're necessary for your hormone balance and your overall health. So we're going to talk about how to bridge that gap with carbohydrates and eat them in a balanced way today. Before we dive into this show today, guys, I've got a question submitted from a listener. And if you guys have any questions, I would love to answer them here on the show. Head on over to justbrownrd.com, click on podcast. You guys are going to see an orange button there where you can record straight from your iPhone, your computer. It will send me a voice text right there. I would love to know what questions you guys have and we can answer them here. All right, let's hear what the question of the day is. Hi, Jess. How do we get rid of fear of falling back into our old ways? I have listened to all of your podcasts and done your e-course. The info is amazing and I'm definitely at the healthiest and most balanced place I've been in many years. But I find that I have these limiting fears that keep me from taking the next step forward. For example, I completely believe in fueling my body well and have the fuel plan you custom designed for me, but I haven't started it. I think it's because I've tried every diet under the sun and I have this fear that I'm going to go back to feeling restricted and not eating things my family is eating. I know you address these things at some points in the podcast and in the e-course, but I'm still struggling. What do we do in these situations? Hi, friend. Thank you so much for your question. I'm really grateful you asked this because I know you're not alone with this limiting fear where you feel stuck in moving forward with the actual food piece. I want to start by saying it sounds like on the one hand you really value this idea of making changes with your food to start working on your goals. And at the same time, you're struggling because you feel like some of these changes might be impacting how you eat and live freely in that food freedom space, like specifically with your family and at family meals. So my question back to you is, does it have to be either or, or could we find something in between? Your fuel plan is a overall roadmap on how to balance your whole day and all of your nutrition. But we don't have to start with the whole thing. We could start somewhere smaller because I think that fear is actually a good thing. If we look at it, it's a red flag. It's telling you, hey, hold the phone. We can't go too extreme because then we're going to repeat old patterns. And when we look at it like that, thank goodness you feel that fear. I don't think it's so much a limiting belief, rather a red flag or a caution symbol to go slow and listen to how your body responds as well as how it fits into your overall value system. So looking at that fuel plan, where could you start? that feels good, that doesn't trigger that fear. 
Maybe it's with carbohydrates. Maybe it's with the protein. Maybe it's just trying to hit your fruits and veggies. I know when I work on my fuel plan, that's where I start because I struggle the most with fruits and vegetables. You would think at this point in my dietitian game, I'm good at it, but I'm not. I have to work really hard to eat fruits and veggies. But let's start somewhere that feels like you're adding to your day using that fuel plan instead of taking away. And then once that feels good, go back to the fuel plan and look, okay, what am I ready to add now? And that way we look at it as adding to your day instead of taking away. And it creates this concept called crowding out where instead of removing foods or telling us that we can't have foods, which is really the old mentality, right? That is the dieting restrictive mentality. Instead, we approach it with this crowding out, like I'm adding so much of these other things that maybe some of the other stuff that doesn't support my goal gets pushed to the side because I'm prioritizing my protein. I'm prioritizing my fruits and veggies. So instead of looking at that fuel plan as a whole, let's take it apart and use it as a roadmap, a step-by-step process to build up to the end game. And you know what you might find, which I've had a lot of people find, is that when they just pick a few it actually starts getting the results they wanted anyways, and they don't have to do the whole thing. (laughs) So I think when I say starting small, I know that can feel like, oh, but I want to do the whole thing. But it's not really starting small. It's starting smart. And I think you'll be surprised how much benefit you get from just adding some of those. And then you can continue to add more if needed, or you might get everything you want just by changing a few of the fuel groups on there and being more intentional with those. I hope that helped, my friend. Thank you for submitting this question. And if you guys have any questions, be sure you head on over to the website. Send them over to me. I'd love to answer them for you guys here on the show. What's up, food friends? Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Jazz. And if you're new here, I'm so happy you are here. I am a body bully warrior, food freedom guru, nutrition nerd with a capital RD. Get it? For registered dietitian. (laughs) I am here to help you become an empowered eater. I'm dishing out nutrition fun with a side of science as we learn how to let go of guilt and that all or nothing mentality. I am in your corner cheering you on because I know you have this inner awesome and we just need to fuel it right. We need to fuel it with the right food, the right mental thoughts, the right relationships. I'm here to fuel your awesome with the nutrition info that supports you, empowers you, mental strength training, and confidence that radiates regardless of your body shape. You know you hold an inner awesome and I know you know this because you're here. You downloaded this podcast, you're listening, you're tuning in. So if you're ready to be the healthiest version of yourself, here we go. Food freedom means food is just food, and you can channel that energy you used to use to obsess about food in your body. Now we take that energy and we can channel it towards serving your purpose, your family, your work, your inner awesome. It's so crazy how there's this ripple effect when we allow ourselves to be the healthiest version of ourselves. Our family feels it, our work feels it. Girls, the world needs it. I'm stoked to be in your corner. Be sure to connect with me on Instagram at JessBrownRD or check out all my resources, JessBrownRD.com. All right, Superwoman, are you ready to channel that inner awesome? We're going to take it up to the next level. Let's dive into today's show. I want to start today's podcast off with a little story. Once upon a time, there was a girl named Sally. Sally had this love for carbohydrates, but she thought they were the enemy. Sally did all that she could to restrict them. She had lettuce-wrapped burgers, minimal fruit, and many sad, sad meals where she longed to let loose to have things like pastas and pizzas. Even, quote, healthy carbs like sweet potatoes or rice noodles, they were off-limits to her. She would keep up with this restraint as long as she possibly could until one day... Sally couldn't. She would open the carb gates and let that blood sugar rise. Sometimes these indulgences were short-lived. They'd come in quick waves of chocolate consumed hidden in the pantry. Sometimes it was when her inhibitions were tossed out the wind from a drink or two at happy hour and the real delicious stuff like nachos and french fries, they would creep their way in. And then on occasion, 
The indulgences started a cascade of carb catastrophe only to leave her feeling bloated and fluffy. In these cases, she would have one last indulgence and then swear off carbs forever. Again. (laughs) Forever again. She knew in her heart it wasn't realistic. How would Sally ever stop the madness? Friends, today I want to talk about why we have this love affair for carbs, how it's normal, and why living in a chronic carb-restricted state like Sally's trying to do is actually setting us up for failure and really impacting our not only our relationship with food, but our overall health and our hormonal balance. Ladies, I have good news about carbs. Our desire to have them, it is biological. And I want to break this down for you all from a physiological, science-based lens so that you can actually stop this madness. We can stop the chronic carb restriction. And our goal for today is two things. Learning to trust that our body knows and actually prefers carbohydrates and then learn how to eat them in an empowered way. By the end of the day, you're going to get three things, girls. Number one, you're going to get a basic physiology about carbs. Number two, you're going to understand why you need these carbs for mood regulation, hormone balance, energy moderation, and sanity. (laughs) And number three, two tactics on how to eat them as you learn to trust your body in this process. Okay, starting with that basic physiology. Friends, every single time we eat a carbohydrate, it goes into our stomach and into our small intestines, and it is absorbed into our body as glucose. It raises our blood sugar, and I know raising blood sugar has kind of like a negative connotation, but that's actually a good thing because too low a blood sugar means we don't have energy and there's no glucose getting into our cells. So when we eat any form of carbohydrate, whether it's cake, apple, sweet potato, whatever it is, it breaks down into that same glucose molecule. And then glucose binds with insulin and it's pulled into our cell to be used as energy, or it's going to be transitioned into something called glycogen, where we store that carbohydrate for later use. And that stored carbohydrate, it's gonna hang out either in our muscles or our liver cells, but that's going to be when we go through periods of time that we don't have adequate energy. So like while we sleep, like about six hours into your sleep, you run out of glucose and we've got to shift over to that stored glucose or the glycogen in our liver. We see the same thing on when we're working out. We will come to a point when we don't, we've run through all the immediately available glucose and we have to shift to glycogen storage. And depending on how much glycogen storage we have, that's going to determine how we make it through the next event, like the next three hours of sleep or the next 30 minutes of our workout, our run, our swim, whatever it is we're doing. Now, I know I said, you know, all carbs break down to the same glucose molecule, and that's true. So whether you're eating a cake or an apple, same glucose molecule. And I find a lot of peace in that, and that helps me with the permission side of food, of legalizing all food and recognizing that all food fit into my diet. Now, with that being said, it's important to recognize that not those foods don't provide the same nutrients. So When I eat a slice of cake, yes, I'm giving my body glucose and energy, which is going to give me an energy boost, but that's about it. When I give myself an apple, there's so much more my body pulls from that. So my body's getting vitamin C that's going to boost my immune system. I get lots of wonderful fiber that's going to support my microbiome, and also it can help prevent spikes in cholesterol. There's a lot of other benefits that come with eating that apple. But nonetheless, all carbohydrates are going to break down to this glucose molecule. And this glucose molecule is really the primary fuel source for both our body and our brain. So our central nervous system, which is responsible for conducting those things in our body that we don't think about, like heart beating, 
eyes blinking, lungs breathing, all of those things that are essential for life, that is fueled by glucose. And they've estimated that we need about 135 grams of glucose per day to fuel the central nervous system adequately. If we look at that in terms of bread, that's about nine slices of bread. So carbohydrates are going to provide energy either very quickly or over a longer period of time, depending on what type of carbohydrate we have and depending on whether or not we have that carb with a protein or a fat. So if we look at the two different kinds of carbs, like we've got simple carbs and complex carbs, simple carbs are going to be things like gummies or jelly beans or some fruits, whereas complex carbs have more attached to them, like that apple or whole wheat bread, whole wheat pasta, sweet potatoes. They have more in there, so it takes the body longer to break it down. And neither one is better or worse. Rather, they serve different functions. So if I'm getting ready to go work out or... I'm feeling an energy dip and I I need, I can feel my energy drop, which I do. I've said this before on the podcast. I'm like a hummingbird. I like fly around, fly around and my blood sugar drops and I'm like, give me some sugar. <laughs> and then I'm back up and I'm going again. So in that case, we would want to give ourselves a simple carbohydrate. Now, when we're looking at meals and having carbs consistently throughout the day, having more complex carbs helps moderate our energy level. Contrary to what a lot of people believe, carbs don't prefer to be stored as fat. In fact, the body resists storing carbohydrates as fat because it prefers to use carbs as fuel for these bodily functions and for our brain. Because if we think about it, our brain can't actually store glucose. It needs a consistent supply of glucose to do all the things it needs to do and function properly, make decisions, think clearly, think creatively. Research has shown for the last few decades that (laughs) adequate carb is essential for overall health. And we see people maintain more optimal weights, healthy blood pressure, overall well-being when they consume between 45 and 65% of their diet from carbohydrates. So at the basic physiological level, we need carbs to essentially live, right, to, for our brain to work, for basic metabolic function. When we're in that chronic carb restriction and we have low blood sugar, we're really setting ourselves up because biologically we need that. And then if you combine that with things like stress, right, which we all have, whether it's stress from family or work or the kids or whatever, we can find low blood sugar with stress, which spikes cortisol, which we'll talk more about in a minute, We have put ourselves in this perfect position to biologically be driven towards carbohydrates. So it makes sense then that when we're in this position, as soon as we sit down to eat, whether it's for lunch or we're at a restaurant or we just grab a bag of chips from the vending machine, that we overindulge in carbohydrates because we let our blood sugar get so low. So ideally, what we'd want to do is moderate our carb intake consistently throughout the day, having a little bit at every meal. And we can vary the forms we provide for our bodies, kind of depending on our lifestyle and what we're doing and what our goals are. So if our goals are healing our gut, having more of the high fiber-based carbohydrates like, like sweet potatoes, like apples, bananas, fruits and veggies, those are going to be really beneficial to our gut. Or if we're training for a marathon or triathlon and needing more energy, having some of the denser carbohydrates like pastas and Quinoa and oatmeal are going to really fuel our activity and the things we're asking of our body. That's basic carbohydrate physiology 101 really quickly for you guys. But what I want to talk about now is one of the most detrimental ways that chronic carb restriction impacts specifically women 
and our hormones. And I want to look specifically at cortisol today because cortisol, it's our stress hormone. And the way I think of it is it's like our on button. It is the hormone that says, get up and go. (laughs) We have a very natural spike in cortisol in the morning. It's what gets us up and out of bed. And I mean, coffee also does that, but it's actually cortisol that gets you to the coffee. (laughs) It's also more famously known for its spikes in response to stress. So like if you're walking down the street and you almost trip and you have that feeling where you get pins and needles like all over your body, or you almost get in a car accident and it's like everything tenses up, that is kicked in part by cortisol. We also see cortisol spikes right before we need to eat or when our blood sugar drops. And this drives us to find food. Well, what happens when we don't eat or we don't eat carbohydrates to calm the cortisol spikes down, we never get that message sent to our brain that says, hey, we're all good. Glucose has risen. We now have energy. You can go ahead and calm and clear that cortisol. And instead, we remain in this chronically stressed state. And the thing about hormones is, They don't have like individual impacts. Rather, they have a ripple effect on our bodies. There's this cascade of impacting one function to the next, to the next, to the next. And I heard this great analogy from a colleague of mine. She's at my fitness dietitian, but she compared our hormones to that of a symphony where our hormones are the orchestrator and our body and all of its functions are the symphony and the melody that we play. And when our hormones are off and it's telling our body to do something, the whole melody changes. And when cortisol doesn't go through its normal spikes and then clearing process, things get out of whack. Our body's tune is not the pleasant metabolic melody that we want it to be. We can see chronically elevated cortisol levels start to impact sex hormones. It can affect sleep. It can even affect the way we digest food. So for example, when cortisol is chronically high, so it gets too high for too long, It can impact insulin, another hormone's ability to bind with glucose. So that when we do finally eat, all of a sudden our insulin's not binding with our glucose and we're not actually absorbing or getting energy from all the carbs we are eating when we do finally decide to eat. So the problem compounds itself. And I see this a lot with uh, my runners who have low iron levels. They'll come in, they have low iron levels, and they're like so confused because they're taking iron. And it's like, well... The iron's not actually the problem. The problem goes deeper than that. And it goes back to just overall underfueling and chronic carb restriction, whether it's intentional or unintentional. But that low energy intake has this ripple effect. And in the case of iron, what we see is that not getting adequate micronutrition or vitamins and minerals impacts our body's ability to absorb the foods that we eat because we don't have the tools to do it. So we miss out on things like vitamin A, which is essential for hormone function, which impacts our body's ability to absorb iron. So it's really this big picture of making sure we are getting adequate carbohydrates because it impacts cortisol. It's going to impact mood. It's going to impact how we then digest carbohydrates when we finally have them. And guys, this is only a small sliver of the information. I mean, I could honestly talk about this. Well, I do. I teach whole courses at college on on this, on carbohydrates. And we will spend at least two weeks talking about how and why the body needs carbohydrates. So we are just scratching the surface here. But long story short, I want to make it very, very aware that biologically we need these carbohydrates. And I hope understanding that can remove some of the shame that we feel when we try to restrict carbs and then we overeat them or we, we're driven to them because it's like 
if we think about it, when we restrict them and then we go eat them, or we even overeat them, we are doing the biologically appropriate thing at that point. We, our body is driven to have carbs on a daily basis. And if we don't have it, it would make sense that we, when we get it, we'd want all of it. <laughs> My hope is that that removes this shame and it can help us reestablish a healthy and balanced relationship with carbohydrates where we embrace this love affair that we have with them that we so desperately want and we don't repeat the patterns that Sally is doing. <laughs> so when we're looking at how to reintroduce carbs into our diet and reestablish this healthy relationship, I want us to do two things today. So number one, we have to keep the big picture in mind. Guys, this is why I am so passionate about values-based empowered eating and getting really clear about why you're making this shift in your relationship with food. Because if we don't do that deeper work, these changes, one, can get easily derailed by diet culture or things not going the way we want them to go, or we get distracted and we can't stick it out to see the long-term changes and results. Because the thing is, if you've been in a chronic carb restriction for years and your, your body has adapted and adjusted and you have some of these side effects like poor sleep or skipped periods or imbalanced hormones or hair loss, like if you have those things, they didn't happen overnight. So fixing them isn't going to happen overnight. It's going to take time. And if we don't have that big picture in mind, it gets really hard to stay the course because we don't have our compass. So step one is keeping that big picture in mind. And I go through this in detail in the first two modules of my e-course, which are, those are newly updated. So just for those of you that are just tuning in now, I'm updating my e-course right now this month. And if you haven't enrolled now, you want to do it now because the price is going to go up at the end of the month when I finish updating it. But one of the coolest changes that I've made is all of the modules can now be downloaded on MP3 files or audio. You can listen to them from audio <laughs> I need some carbs. My blood sugar is low. <laughs> you can listen to them on the go because I get it. We are all busy and not all of us have time to sit in front of a computer and watch a module. So now you can listen to it on the go with a snack. <laughs> so your blood sugar is not low. So number one, keep that big picture in mind. Number two is go slow and start small. So when we're adding in carbohydrates, we don't want to go one extreme to the other. We want to start small so that we can feel the changes from a positive angle instead of a negative. Some of the biggest pushback I get from folks when they're adding in carbohydrates is that they feel that fluffiness right away. Like they're like, I feel bloated. I feel crappy as soon as I add in carbs. And a lot of that is because one, they did it too quickly. So they went from eating very, very low carb to all the carbs. And you're definitely going to feel that when you do that. I mean, that makes sense, right? If you have no water in your body and all of a sudden you chug a giant bottle of water, like you can feel that right away. And then the other thing that happens is when we're in that chronic carb restriction, we don't have stored glycogen. And I always like to point out every molecule of glycogen we store has three parts water. That's a lot of water. And if we go from no carbs to a lot of carbs, we see this giant shift in our glycogen stores plus three times three molecules of water for every glycogen molecule we store. So that's a lot of feeling in our body. So we can expect that. But if we go slower, it feels like a more comfortable transition. And I think it prevents us from going into the all or nothing mindset. So we want to add it in one meal at a time, one snack at a time, and doing so from carbs that make us feel good 
and allowing ourselves to make mistakes. So we might initially want to add in carbs from things that we've been craving and telling ourselves no on for many years. So for example, I had a client not that long ago who reintroduced waffles into her life. And when we first introduced them, she was like, I want Eggo waffles. I've said no to Eggo waffles for the last 10, 15 years, and I just cannot wait to add Eggo waffles in. So she did. Same glucose molecule, but not a lot of nutrition comes from an Eggo waffle. Over time, once she realized she had permission to eat waffles every single day, we transitioned to more nutrient-dense waffles sprinkled throughout her week. So we'd have like whole wheat, sweet potato-based waffles or oatmeal waffles, things that provided more nutrition speckled in throughout her week. Same glucose molecule, but now we're able to get more nutrition in. So don't forget that carbs don't just come in the shape of waffles and cookies. I mean, yes, I love those carbs, but they come in lots of different shapes and sizes. They come in yogurt, granola, pasta, toast, fruit, oatmeal, trail mix, donuts, like all of them. And when we're reintroducing them one meal at a time, one snack at a time, we have a lot to choose from. And and it would benefit us to choose carbs wisely based on what we're craving and then see what our body says about it. And then the next time we can have that carb again or we can choose a different one. And then we can see what our body does with it and we can realign our carbohydrates depending on our goals, what our gut is saying about it, what our energy is saying about it. If you're trying to manage blood sugars, making sure you're having carbs with dietary fat so that it doesn't spike your blood sugar. Or if you're an athlete, learning to time your carbohydrates before and after your workouts as a primary focus. And friends, if you're stuck here, like this is why I have a job. (laughs) This is my jam. I would love to jam out with you on some carb reintroduction and carb timing. But this process of balancing permission to eat these carbs legalizing all of the carbohydrates because they're all the same glucose molecule and then listening to how our body responds to that and then overlapping it with our values and what our goals are because this is empowered eating. Many of you have lots of insight about food and you already know a lot about what foods you should be eating, but you're not quite sure like how to filter that through your experiences, your capacity, your goals, what your body says about foods. Guys, this is, again, where I can help and where I would love to walk with you. Head on over to JessBrownRD.com. You can find all the information on my e-course and coaching options for you guys. Okay, friends, it is Valentine's Day. And if today's episode did anything for you, I hope it gave you permission and peace to enjoy those carbs you have today, whether they are in the form of chocolate, bagels, quinoa, oatmeal, whatever it is, quit trying to hide or resist those carbs and know that they're calling your name for a reason. This is not a Romeo and Juliet situation. This is actually a love that was divinely created, a match made in heaven. Your body was built to digest and thrive off carbohydrates. I'm wishing you all a wonderful Valentine's Day. Cheers, friends, and happy carb eating. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope it strengthened your food journey and empowered you to live boldly in your body. Real quick, sister, before you go, if you liked today's episode, the best way you can thank me is head on over to iTunes, Fuel Her Awesome Podcast, leave a review and subscribe. Then take a screenshot and share it on your social media. Don't forget to tag me at JessBrownRD. And if you're looking for more resources, be sure to check out my website, JessBrownRD.com. I've got info on my e-course, Fuel Her Awesome Food Foundations, my 10-step ebook on how to beat body bullying, and so much more. I cannot wait to chat with you babes again. Until next time, cheers and happy eating.